where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Happy Saturday, family. Welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. So happy to be with you. Really excited to host our guest today. And one of the things that drew me to their organization was that they serve a population, I think, that sometimes gets overlooked. I want to introduce you to Sisters of Nia, Inc. Cynthia Smith is founder and executive director. Cynthia has over 25 years experience in education. She has taught all grades, K through 12, worked as a high school academic counselor, supervised beginning teachers and counselors, and has also taught at the community college level for Los Rios. Ms. Smith founded Sisters of Nia as an effort to help build self-esteem and self-confidence with the overall goal of inspiring, empowering, and encouraging girls to live with a purpose. Dr. Malika Hollinside is the creative director. Dr. Hollinside has over 20 years of experience in education and started her career as a high school teacher in the Sac City Unified School District. Currently, Dr. Hollinside works as the chair and associate professor of ethnic studies at San Joaquin Delta College in Stockton and as a professor in the teacher credentialing program at Sac State. Dr. Hollinside has also provided cultural diversity training to various organizations in the Sacramento area. And Ms. Danita Johnson, Director of Family Services. Danita has been with Sisters of Nia for over 10 years and currently works as a lead counselor where she supervises counselors at a local adult school. Danita has also worked as the youth Sunday school teacher at her church. Danita feels blessed to impart the importance of education, encouragement, and guidance for the development of young people. I am so excited to welcome these three wonderful women to the Full Circle Studio this morning, joining me live via Zoom. Thank you so much for being here, all of you. Thank you. Well, thank you for having us. Excited to be here. I am so happy to have you. And like I said, when I started doing my homework about the Sisters of Nia, really interested in your mission and again, the population that you serve at a very critical age. So we'll get into all of that in a moment, but we start every Full Circle episode with just introducing yourself to the Full Circle family. So yes, I'm Cynthia Smith. I'm the founder and executive director um, and like you mentioned, I've been in education, what feels like forever, as a teacher, as a counselor, as a community college teacher. I love education, but I really enjoy working with young girls, middle school girls. Often I'm asked, why did I start this program or what motivated me to start this program? And, and really it started, this program started when I was in middle school. When I was going through some personal life challenges that kind of led to me making some not so good choices in life. And really that's the root of why this program was started. 
I started the program when I was pursuing a master's degree in counseling studies and was working on a final project. And I really, I always knew I wanted to do more than be a teacher. I just didn't know exactly what that was. But definitely going through that master's program helped me kind of focus on what it is that I wanted to do and came across some uh, curriculum by Dr. Faye Belgrave and which her curriculum is the foundation of our program. But I knew I wanted it to be more than just a temporary program. I wanted it to be something that was a bit more lasting. So came up with the idea of the three-year rites of passage program. And we started this program in 2009. Dr. Hollandside has been with me since day one. And we are now finishing up our 13th year of programming. So very exciting. Congratulations. That's awesome. What a wonderful thing to, you know, have this longevity, 13 years, that's a good amount of time, you know, a lot of lives impacted in that program. Dr. Hollandside, go ahead and introduce yourself to the Full Circle family. Greetings, everyone. My name is Malika. I have, again, been a part of Mia since the very get-go. I feel very blessed to have met Cynthia at work. And she, you know, talked about this program that she was about to be, you know, starting And I was like, oh, no, this is just a divine reunion because this is everything that I'm all about. See, I was really impacted by um, after school programs, summer programs when I was a kid. And I was actually like a recreation leader since 16 years old. I've worked with kids. Right. And then when I started school um, in college, I, I just happened to have some wonderful professors who set me on a path towards ethnic studies. So. African history, you know, uh, African and and also multicultural kind of, you know, education and and cultural responsive education. I've been a radical since I was very young, you know. So to me, the combining of an after school program, which is how we started, which I knew lives so tremendously, and then marrying that with you know, a a culture school, you know, I I used to run a daycare home in Sacramento when my babies were little. And, you know, in that we were able to create our own curriculum, African-centered curriculum, the curriculum that is missing from schools, you know, the the curriculum that enriches young Black African-American children. um, But, you know, it's very hard to come by. So anyway, it was absolutely just, you know, a match made in heaven to meet Cynthia and to be able to start putting together these curriculum and these programs that we hoped, you know, when we started that it would impact the girls in in their lives and their families' lives and their communities' lives in really, you know, important and meaningful ways. And now that we've been in it as long as we have, um, we can testify that, yeah, this, this program does amazing things in the lives and the trajectories of these girls' lives. So it's been an amazing thing to be a part of. And I can't believe we're still going. We might be moving a little bit slower than we were about, <laughs> about 13 years ago, but uh, we're still going. Very good. Miss Danita, can you introduce yourself to the Full Circle family, please? Yes, ma'am. My name is Danita Johnson. I've been with Nia. I think you guys, it was two years in, I believe, when I, um, when I came on. And I started, um, I got really introduced to the program because Cynthia and I, our girls ran track together. And so um, I learned about the program and was like, oh, I would love this for my girls. And uh, she asked me to, to be a part of it. And my girls participated in the performing arts camp 
um, I think two years in a row and they loved it. But what I learned for myself was learning about the, the program. I thought about, gosh, what if I had had something like this when I was growing up? How important it is to, you know, to pour in, into our girls. To this day, um, I have a 23-year-old and my 21-year-old, and they still talk about some of the performances and some of, you know, the information that they learned from Nia. And not only, I tell them all the time, I'm a Nia girl too. I'm a facilitator, but I'm a Nia girl too, you know, because I think about all of that, the information, like Malika said, that our kids are not getting in the school system. And as a homeschool parent, I homeschooled all of my kids until they were freshmen in high school. And I was grateful to do that because I was able to supplement and I was able to give them the information that they were not going to get that was going to build them, that was going to encourage them. And so that they would have their identity intact and not shaped by just what was being taught to them in the school system. So I was blessed to be able to do that. And Nia, for me, just added to that, you know, from the curriculum to these beautiful women that I've been blessed to have in my life and to be able to reach out to, you know, a new group of girls. I mean, it's funny. We can, we can, you know, see a young girl and it's like, that's a Nia girl right there. You know, uh, uh, we've had those conversations. So it's just been, it's been awesome for over 10 years and we're still thriving, you know, and all it does is show me that we've got more work to do. Yeah. Every city needs a media program. So uh, yeah, and, and we're here to do it. All right, come on expansion. I'm, I'm with that. <laughs> come on expansion. <laughs> we kind of talked a little bit around it, but can you explain what the Sisters of NIA program is? Absolutely. It's a three-year rise of passage program for girls in middle school, grades six through eight. The goal is that they start with this in sixth grade and stay through eighth. Occasionally, we'll take a, a new young lady in seventh grade, but they have to have been in the program at least sixth or seventh grade uh, in order to be a part of the program in eighth grade. The curriculum is grade level based. We have three different uh, curriculums. Sixth grade, the theme is Who Am I? with a focus on learning about what it means to be a sister of Nia, focus on sisterhood unity, but they also get a, a great introduction to African history, starting with the fact that it's, Africa is a continent and not a country. They'll learn about the different countries there. They'll do country reports. They'll learn about African queens. They'll learn about ancient African civilizations. And through all, all of that, they're doing art projects or you know some kind of project that they have, have to get up and present. One thing that we really focus on is building self-esteem through getting up and speaking in front of their peers and being comfortable in doing so. Seventh grade focus is, uh, am I who I say I am? They go a little bit deeper into African history. We use a, a few different film segments from uh, Hidden Colors. And then they also go into individuality, learning about individuality, being comfortable in who they are as a young African-American. And, and I want to also say that it, the program is designed for African-American girls, but girls of any ethnicity can come through this program. And we've had girls of multiple different ethnicities come through the program, but it is focused on African-American girls. So they do go uh, into individuality, learning how to speak in a positive way, learning how to act in a positive way, focusing on self-control, positive communication, uh, and still a, a focus on unity and sisterhood. And then eighth grade is kind of a culminating year, Am I All That I Can Be, where we kind of bring together both years, 
all of our lessons are designed around one of our eight principles, which are the seven principles of African-American living that we pulled from Kwanzaa, and then we added an eighth. So each of our lessons are designed around one of those principles. So in eighth grade, the girls have to complete a rites of passage task, eight different tasks. One is due each month, each focused on one of those principles. So it could be um, something like uh, interview an, an elder in your family and ask about what life was like when they were your age, or um, interview someone who's in a career that you are interested in pursuing and will provide them with questions that they can ask. Or um, they also have to do an HBCU research project where they select an HBCU to uh, report about. And again, they're coming back each month and presenting whatever their task is back to their sisters, their Nia's sisters. Eighth grade is a big year. We also take them at the end of the year, where usually we go in the spring, we take them to Atlanta. It's kind of a culminating trip. We're actually going next week, the 15th. We leave on the 15th. We take them to visit Spelman. We do a tour of Spelman, a tour of Clark Atlanta University. We'll do a walk through uh, Morehouse. We take them to visit uh, everything Martin Luther King, Dr. King. So the um, burial site has birth home, the church, the King Center. We go to the Apex Museum, which is a hands-on African history museum. We go to the Center for Civil and Human Rights, which is a, a hands-on civil rights museum. And then we do what I say, fun stuff. We take them skating, we go to the zoo, we go to the aquarium, but it's an action-packed five-day trip that really is, the purpose is to bring to life the things that they've learned in the program uh, in their sixth and seventh grade year. And then they, they end the program with the Rites of Passage celebration, where we celebrate them, their parents celebrate them. We send them off to high school, hopefully equipped with the tools and the skills that they need to be successful and also feeling more self-confident and, and a stronger sense of self-esteem. I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> that was a lot. And that's, no, no, that's good. That's good. I want to dig deeper into that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to dig deeper into your curriculum. We'll be right back more with our guests from Sisters of Nia, Cynthia Smith, Dr. Malika Hollinside and Miss Danita Johnson. We'll be right back, family, right after this. This is Full Circle. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. And she is back, empowering you with knowledge and wisdom. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. Family, we are back with our guests, Miss Danita Johnson, Dr. Malika Hollinside, and Cynthia Smith from the Sisters of Nia Incorporated. A rites of passage program before the break, Cynthia told us about their curriculum. And I want to just go back and talk about the curriculum a bit more. I love each theme and it coincides with a young lady's development. Sixth grade, who am I? When they're just trying to figure out who they are in the world, not only within themselves, but who are they as a young lady? Who am I that come from this great people? this continent of Africa, we're learning about developing ourselves and, and creating that sense of sisterhood, which it's so important. Sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, that period of their lives. I think about my own experiences at sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And wow, it would have been nice to have some of those things because I journeyed through a lot of that, just feeling alone and, and not really knowing who I was and not being able to recognize my identity. So I love that. And then in seventh grade, now I've figured out or have processed through who am I? And then following up in seventh grade with, am I who I say I am? Like now starting to walk in some of those principles of being true to yourself and, and really standing in your truth and your worth. 
And you guys can jump in at any time. I'm just kind of like espousing because I think this is really, I can't say it enough, this population of sixth, seventh and eighth grade girls, like if we can get them at that point to really start to know their self-worth, especially seeing all the things that young ladies do, you know, just looking at like social media and things like that and what people allow to post and think that that's okay, or the way that even in person, the way you see people live, not being judgmental, but I don't know about you, but sometimes I see some people and I just like, I want to give them a hug and tell them that they are enough, that they're worth it, that they're okay. And if we have a program like this, we can, you know, start to help our young ladies really start to find who they are so that they can go out into the world a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. in eighth grade, am I all I can, I just love this so much. I'm sorry. I'm just gushing. I, I just think this is awesome. I wanted to give credit to, you know, who I learned those three questions from when I first went to college way back 1990, I, I went to a Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. And there was a one professor there named um, Dr. Loxley Gagan, who has since passed away, rest in power but he was an Egyptologist. He was a a great black thinker, radical, and he put us on our path as young people towards really understanding our spirit and our self. And what really impressed upon me at that time was, you know, the fact that we grow up in America, you know, we are robbed of learning traditions of indigenous Africa, powerful ways of thinking, powerful ways of growing up. And, you know, when he he put us on our path of understanding who am I, am I all I can be, am I who I say I am, you know, I knew that that was a powerful, you know, consideration for young people to go through. And when we combine that with the Rites of Passage program, you know, one thing that we do with our girls is impress upon them, you know, in certain societies in the motherland, you don't just get to be an adult, (laughs) You have to prove, you know, that you have gone through a series of processes that earn your right to call yourself an adult. And we modified that, obviously, you know, we we are, you know, not um, as extreme as, as certain societies may be, you know, but with our rites of passage program, you know, we expect that they will go through a series of uh, requirements of expectations that expose them to uh, the community in ways that they normally would not have. They have to attend or visit Black-owned businesses and African marketplaces. They have to interview an elder, you know, and gain their perspective on history. They have to um, interview a Black business owner, you know, and understand Black entrepreneurship, you know. And and I might say this, our program runs under the theme of the uh, Nguzo Saba, which is, you know, traditionally a part of Kwanzaa, but we expand it to the Nguzo Nane, which means nine, the nine principles in Swahili. And so those principles are embedded in every aspect of what we do. They think about them, they learn about them, and they embed them as principles in their life. You know, respect, unity, self-determination, faith, you know, all of the principles of the Nguza Saba are 
monthly themes and and they also govern our rites of passage as well so we are kind of synthesizing little bits and pieces of of african culture and tradition and and really infusing it into the girls and one thing that they say when we we, we speak to them and we get their feedback all the time all the time and one of the things that they say the most often is we don't learn this in school. If it was, I mean, you know, certainly we have families where the girls come from parents who prepare them and try to, you know, protect them and give them the knowledge. Um, but, you know, we supplement that as well. And the girls will tell you that they do not receive this information in school. Still to this day, we know, we know that the, you know, the American school system is not prepared to give our girls what they need to be self-empowered. Or, you know, or girls, boys, anybody, you know. So anyway, it's it's a wonderful synthesis of many different areas of, of different African cultures and traditions. You mentioned that, you know, in the African tradition, like there is this, the rites of passage that you go through in order to become an adult. Why was it so important for this program to connect so closely to Africa versus just having a program of straight up self-empowerment and not connecting it back. Why was it so important to connect it back to Africa? Well, I'm going to say for me, part of self-empowerment is knowing where you come from and knowing, you know, the greatness of where you come from and knowing that for us, that your history did not start with slavery. There was a lot of life going on prior to slavery. A lot of great things were happening on the continent of Africa prior to slavery. And they need to know that because when they, just as Dr. Hamasai was saying, what they get in school is far from that. Quite often, just as when I was in school back in, in you know, in many moons ago, <laughs> uh, where the focus is still on a couple of individuals in history, or it'll, you know, our history will start with slavery. Um, so for me, I need, I wanted to make sure that the girls knew that they come from greatness, and the only way for them to know that is is if they're taught about their their history. And I would like to say, you know, that right now where we're at in our nation, in our world, more and more people are recognizing the need for decolonizing the mind, decolonization of, of the education of the systems that we live in. You know, the ethnocentrism that has placed, you know, white history, a European history as its focus is, you know, being displaced by what we recognize to be, you know, a, a critical infusion of, the traditions, the perspectives, the worldviews, the histories, the, the, you know, the lived experiences of other than Europe. <laughs> so, you know, Africa being the birthplace of civilization, you know, we have to return to Africa for its not only for, you know, its culture, its surface culture, meaning, you know, uh, fabrics and, and foods and things, but it's philosophies, you know, but it, it, it's very educational traditions. And, and that's what the importance of, of, in my perspective, of integrating the African perspective, because, and it's not only good for, for Black children, you know, we have seen little white girls who we have loved and who have incredibly been impacted and their families have been incredibly impacted because this is good for everybody. This is, you know, it's wonderful for African American children, but this is just good teaching and good learning yes. uh, that is holistic for all children and for all societies, you know, so this is the example 
that African tradition and African culture has set and, and contributed to the world, but has been marginalized necessarily, especially in the country that we live in. Especially, I, I just wanted to piggyback off what you said, sis. Also the images, when I think about the images of what it meant to be African were when I was growing up, we want and have been able to show the beauty of what it means to be an African and to have those roots. I can remember being in class and you kind of got this feeling, kind of funny feeling when it was time to learn about you know, African history because the first thing they showed you is someone that looks like you in chains. Someone that looked like you you know, you know, with trauma and all, you know, it was, just wasn't a pretty image. So to be able to show something and to show uh, these young ladies that this is where you come from and it's beautiful. You've always been beautiful. Your roots are rich. You know, you've always been educated. You've always been knowledgeable. So it's a blessing to be able to change all of that uh, scope. And that's why when it comes to, uh, we have our, our lessons with our girls and then they share with us what they're learning in school. If anything, that section, who the couple of people that the, their teacher is going to teach, tell them about in sixth grade, you know, they, they get those few and then that's it. Yeah. You know, they get those, those few people and that's it. No one goes any deeper and our children need to see it. They need, they need this information. I would love to say, you know, in my master's thesis that I wrote on Sisters of Nia, I delved into African-centered pedagogy or African-centered teaching, you know, and, and there are dimensions of this pedagogy that would tremendously impact education, you know, in the United States, if it is integrated into the classrooms, those things consist of spirit, which, you know, you don't ever hear about spirit <laughs> in typical American classrooms. The word spirit is not, is not touched upon, but with our babies, we need this. They, they need to connect to their spirits. Other dimensions are culture, creativity, history, community, identity, right? Identity and a critical element of education is the development of identity. But, you know, that's not a course that's commonly taught or ever taught, I should say, in credentialing programs, you know? And so there are real practical implications and applications for what we're doing with African-centered pedagogy, which would benefit the nation as a whole. I wanna give a shout out to Sac State because Sac State has recognized this and allowed us to um, delve into preparing new training teachers with African-centered pedagogy, but many more, many more institutions would benefit by doing so. I wanna go back to what, what Ms. Danita said about the images that we saw growing up I'm not gonna assume that we're all around the same age because you know, black is so, <laughs> so beautiful and so different. We all look like youngsters, but you know, we may be of various ages, <laughs> but I'm when I- I'm gonna keep it real, I'm 49. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. <laughs> but when I was growing up, I remember two things I remember when, when I was hearing Miss Danita talk. Uh, one thing was, you know, we did see a lot of pictures of Africans running and in chains and, you know, being chased and things like that. The other thing that popped into my mind when you were talking, Miss Danita, was National Geographic. Mm. And remember back in the day when National Geographic 
it seemed like they only showed pictures of Africa in, you know, famine and everyone was starving and, you know, the women were not clothed properly and, you know, things like that. And so you're right. It's those images that we have to come up against and deprogram, like Dr. Malika said, decolonize our thinking Mm -hmm. in terms of what we've been shown and what the media has portrayed and how all of these images that we've seen that show us who we are, but that wasn't really the case when we were kings and queens and, you know, royalty and and had our own things there opposed to here. And it seems like that the gatekeepers of the images only showed us the things that they wanted us to see. Mm-hmm. And so that was one thing that kind of stuck in my mind when, when Ms. Danita was talking, it just, you know, correlating to the importance of this program. And the other thing Dr. Malika w- was talking about the impact, and I hadn't even realized until you said that in doing my homework, I hadn't realized that the impact on others that may come through the program as well. It's like a foundation building for allies almost, right? Of girls that can become allies because now they have a better understanding of their peers and friends of where they actually come from and from their own history too. Mm -hmm. Especially at a time when white people are so ashamed, right? Want to get rid of critical race theory and all talk about all this other stuff, right? When they're really ashamed to admit the things that have happened, it's, it's, to me, it seems like it's a very educational experience for it be for other cultures to come in and see the truth of what how our nation was really built and how our people really are way different than what the media portrays that we are. So those, those were just some of the nuggets that kind of dropped in my in my spirit as. I heard you talk and it it just, to me, reinforces the importance of this program and of the age group that Mm -hmm. you serve in this program. Where do you actually do the program? Like, where do the young ladies go in order to, and how does that, what does that look like in terms of participating in the program? Well, great question. Um, So we are really fortunate and excited. Um, This year we're meeting at St. Paul in their uh, Ephraim Williams Family Life Center. Mm -hmm. So we're using um, three of their classrooms to meet there. So that's been very nice. What we didn't mention, we do keep the program fairly small. We only accept 12 girls per grade level. So the only way that someone could get a spot in the program is if we get an opening, either they come in in sixth grade or we get an opening in seventh grade. So we'll start off the meetings all together. Quite often this year, we've been um, bringing in guest speakers who have all been African-American women who either are some of our program alumni who are in college or have graduated college or just black women from the community who are are coming back to share um, their experiences. So we will usually start with the guest speaker and then we'll break off into our grade level groups and have our grade level lessons. And then we'll end with everyone coming back together um, before we head out. Prior to that, we started the program at PS7 Middle School. That's really like our, our first home. Uh, we were there for about five years on that campus. Uh, and then we left and moved over to um, the food bank, the Sacramento Food Bank. And we had our meetings there for two years. And really the reasoning for leaving the, the school campus was that we wanted to be able to open the program up to girls throughout the Sacramento area and not only um, have the program for just girls who attended PS7. Uh, and it's been really nice because we've been able to, to do that. And now we have girls in the program 
literally from all over the Sacramento area, from Elgro, Rancho, Natomas, all over Sacramento. We have a young lady who comes from Brentwood. We have a young lady who comes from Lodi. And now we meet on Saturdays. Originally, we were meeting um, after school uh, one day a week. So now our meetings are monthly, the first Saturday of each month on a Saturday, which makes it a little bit more accessible for girls all over the Sacramento area. What's the reasoning for keeping the group small? So that's, <laughs> Danita could probably speak to that. <laughs> one year, we led a lot of girls in one group. And the dynamics of that, it really does change the dynamics of the group. It's a bit harder to manage when you have, you know, 16 or 18 girls in a group than it is to manage 12 girls. 12 girls is enough of a challenge, you know, but 18 uh, that's a, a large group. And we really just wanted to feel like a family. Uh, and it's harder to do that when you have such a big group. I say Sisters of Nia is kind of like a sorority without the, all the hazing and all that, that the girls will start when they come to sixth grade because we, we stay in touch with our girls forever. Like they're, they're once you're in Sisters of Nia, you're in Sisters of Nia forever. Um, so we still stay in contact with girls that have graduated our program and have graduated college and are, are off in their careers, they'll still reach back to us for advice, for letters of recommendation. Um, so really the way to build that sense of family and sisterhood is, is by keeping the group somewhat small. I like it. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like anything over 12, and like you said, 12, I'm sure is a handful, but anything over that that it can be a bit of a challenge. And also with a smaller group too, I think you have less dropout, right? So you right. can have people that continuously go through the program because you're in a smaller, smaller cohort. Can you talk about the director of family services role and what does that mean for the program? Yeah, it's really important to the program. So I know one of the, and, and I want to back up and say that our, our director titles are fairly new. We, we are all also facilitators. Um, each of us leads a, a group of girls. So we all wear kind of two hats right now, and we're hoping to to be making those uh, some good changes for that to happen in the near future so that we're not wearing two hats. But as director of family services, really what Denise's responsibility is making sure that our families that have any kind of need are connected with resources in the community. Another piece of that, we offer parent outreach workshops. So we do have a facilitator that comes in and leads uh, a series of four parent outreach workshops that are all focused on building and strengthening communication with their adolescent daughters. So Danita will be the person who will kind of um, spearhead all of the parent outreach pieces, all of the um, resources that our, our parents might need um, in the Sacramento area. Ooh, that communication with your adolescent child. I think everybody. <laughs> Ooh, -wee. but that's, I love that. And I was going to ask how are parents involved in that? So that you have, I like that you have an outreach for them as well, like something that to kind of keep them tied into. And it's not just a, I'm dropping off my girl and not really, you know, understanding what the program is about. Do you have a requirement for parents to participate within the program? Uh, no, we don't have a requirement. They're encouraged. So a lot of them will ask to volunteer. They'll, um, some of them will help us out week at, at the monthly meetings, rather not the weekly meetings, the monthly meetings with volunteering, with check-in and clean up and um, checking out girls. But we also do a, a mother-daughter spa party each year, and we have a father-daughter bowling competition each year. And those are some really fun, highly anticipated events that the girls and the, and the parents enjoy attending as well. The bowling competition gets a little 
it gets very competitive. Uh, and we do have a prize for each grade level father-daughter duo that wins. Um, we've done t-shirts, we've done trophies. Uh, and then the mother-daughter spa party is, is really a lot of fun. Um, the, they do facials for each other. They do a hand treatment. They do a foot treatment. Um, and it's just a really fun time for mothers and daughters to come together. And the focus is just on that particular daughter. Um, and they they really have a, a fun time bonding with each other and just having some time to just spend some time one-on-one -on -one together. I love bowling. So you had me at that. Like, I bet that is a fun day for, especially for fathers and their, and their daughters. I bet that's really fun. It's, it's fun to see all these dads together in one place, hanging out together with their daughters. It's a, it's really a beautiful sight to see. So we've, we've had up to you know, 24, 25 dads and daughters together. So like 50 people at a bowling alley. It's just, it's a beautiful sight to see. And if not dads, it might be their uncles or their grandpas or, you know, another male presence in their life, you know? So it's, it's, that's, that's such a beautiful sight. It's such a contradiction to, you know, the, the, fallacy uh, that bl the black man is not present in his children's mm -hmm. life on the contrary on the contrary we have seen tremendous um you know participation and support and and it's very touching to see thank you for chiming in dr malika because i'm coming to you i want to know about your role as creative director <laughs> so you know i i um have a, a very musical background. Uh, I'm a singer and a performer, and you know I've been on the stage since I was very, very young. And so when I came into Sisters of Nia, you know I was given kind of just like a, a carte blanche, just to to you know do whatever, do whatever, bring whatever to the table that I possibly could. So that ended up in the development of um, whew, Black History Month plays. Kwanzaa plays the choir so we you know have at one point at one point it's been very hard especially since COVID hit and we had to do online I think we tried to we tried to do some online choir it ain't happening okay it's not it's not working but you know I, I love the arts you know and we know how much our participants benefit from performing you know and so Nia is filled with song and at one point dance, you know, and acting as well, you know, just the stage poetry, our girls grow to be prolific poets, spoken word artists, singers, performers across the board. So I, you know, have been tasked as creative director with coming up with, um, you know, we would typically have Kwanzaa celebrations in which there would be the choir performance always. And our, our girls have sung at a variety of different um, events and locations, you know, in, in Sacramento from um, the last thing that we did was the performance downtown at the Kings game. But we used to sing for churches. And at some point we were doing performances at PS7 elementary school as well, certainly using the Sac State uh, stage, you know, to sing and to do little skits, little performances, funny, different little, little skits and educational skits as well. Um, and of course, as Cynthia had mentioned earlier, plenty of opportunity for these young ladies to um, be the narrators or to host and to gain experience leading a crowd, you know, and we've had wonderful talent shows, turnouts. Oh, my gosh, we used to have a lot going on on stage at this point, because we are meeting only once a month. It really has hurt our ability to 
gel together our choir or our performances, but we are so thrilled to be bringing all that creativity back this summer with the Performing Arts Camp, which is going to, you know, kind of be the resurgence of what once was an amazing culmination of um, music, acting, theater, and dance, and set design as well. So we are gearing up this summer for the return of Camp Nia, which I um, wrote a play and you know integrated musical numbers and we for the first time ever have a full staff we are so excited to offer to camp near this summer hold that thought we need to go to a break yeah. and when we come back i do want to dig into camp nia yeah. so hold that thought we're going to come right back after this quick break Ooh. family keep it right here this is the program that you want to hear about if you have a young lady and they want to delve into their creative side, this is a way that they can do it. It's Camp Nia. We're going to talk about it after the break. Keep it right here, family. It's Full Circle. We'll be right back after this. Like what you hear? Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. And she's back. Empowering women one conversation at a time. This is Full Circle with Miss Wanda. We're back, family. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. Before the break, I hated to interrupt Dr. Malika. She was going into Camp Nia, which is what we wanted to make sure to highlight. Camp Nia, it's a two-week summer performing arts camp for girls ages 11 to 14. I'm going to go back to Dr. Malika so she can tell us more about it because she was excited. I'm excited to hear more about it. You were talking about before the break that not only is it a place for them to express creativity, but also to do things like learning set design. And your production that you created for the camp. Yeah, well, um, you know, Camp Nia, and and I don't know if you want to get into the specifics or if Miss Cynthia wants to discuss the dates and all of the camp information right now, or or the the meat and potatoes of the camp right now. The dates are July 18th through the 28th. Those are the camp dates, and then we have a performance happening July 29th. But I'll let Dr. Homicide talk about all that, and then I'll jump in if needed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So we are so proud to offer girls ages 11 to 14, a two week summer performing arts camp. Now it's um, wonderful that, you know, we invite and welcome the wide range of girls. You do not have to be, you know, very professional dancer or singer or actor. You come as you are and we accept you as you are and you grow within the program and you're made to feel supported and comfortable in whatever level you're at to shine in any way that you can. The girls are, are allowed to take two different classes. So if you're interested in set design or if you're interested in acting, then those are the two classes you sign up for. Or maybe you want to be you know, part of the choir or part of the uh, dance group, then you um, sign up for those performances. And this year, our theme and our title of our performance is uh, The Empress of Nia or Eon, E-O-N. And it's the story of a group of interstellar African ancestors who govern over the universe and who pay attention keenly to what's going on on the earth and intervene in the lives of young sisters if and when they feel that there's um, a challenge that young ladies 
need some help with. So, you know, we are going to have a number of different characters that will be up for grabs. And, and again, what I was mentioning before um, we went on break was that we are so proud to have such an incredibly talented team of instructors. We have uh, theater instructors, dance instructors, vocal instructors who are going to bring a wealth of talent to our camp this summer and help these girls put on this play. You know, the play will take place, the actual performance takes place on the very last day of camp. And for two weeks, we spend time in classes preparing for, you know, those numbers that they will put together in culmination. And it's two weeks. So it's not, you know, a very long time to prepare, but it is always a wonderful, wonderful, you know, way to end and to conclude the summer. And it impacts girls in important ways. We have girls who come to us very, very, very shy at the very beginning. And by the time the performance happens, they have broken the ice with, you know, their, their stage presence and, and they want more. A lot of times this is what opens the door for young ladies to feel confident in like, um, you know, Cynthia had mentioned earlier, speaking and, and, and engaging in class, in, in the community, in, in it carries with them for the rest of their lives. So we're so excited. There's going to be great fusion of Afrobeat music and, you know, we're throwing, um, comedy into the sketches as well so it's light-hearted but it does have you know it does touch upon some serious things it touches upon you know the challenges of being you know a young lady with a lot of pressures of school and growing up and taking care of family this play will hit upon um certain issues of stereotyping and racism and and also you know the the importance of like what we mentioned earlier decolonizing the curriculum in school so we hit upon some very powerful aspects of life that impact our girls, but we do it in a way that integrates humor and um, definitely integrates uh, African culture and, and great music and great dancing. So, and great set design as well. So a lot of creativity and we are so excited to be bringing Camp Nia back and really want to boost up our enrollment. So while our year long program, you know, has 12 girls per age group, Camp Nia, our capacity is how much, Cynthia, again, we take 50? 50, 50, uh, 50. yeah, we have 50. And so we still have plenty of spots. I think we're a little more than half full. So we have about 20 spots available. So definitely check out our website and register your daughter. It's going to be a life-changing experience. www.sistersofnia.org. And that's all lowercase one word. Sisters of Nia. Nia is spelled N-I-A.org. And that's where you can register for our summer camp. Families, you know a young lady between the ages of 11 and 14 this may be something that they're interested in. They may not even understand how talented they are, or they may have an interest, but don't really know how to tap into it, or just coming together and meeting other young women. Camp Nia, it's happening July 18th through the 28th. It's happening at the Ephraim Williams Family Life Center at 4036 14th Avenue. The camp hours are from 9.30 to 3. Lunch is included. And four classes are being offered. Girls get to choose two areas of focus. And the camp culminates with a performance for the community 
on July 29th. You know, I think this is a great thing. Again, it's a way for young people to tap into creativity, either explored that they've already explored, or maybe just to find something that they didn't really realize that they had a passion for, like to awaken that passion. I also like the set design aspect, like you're having them out there actually designing the Mm -hmm. sets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got a whole little workshop going on. <laughs> there are a lot of people and a lot of girls are interested. That happens. I think that's one of our more popular you know, uh, classes because that's filling up fast. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you have so many slots for each of. So when they go to register, then they have to say then what two classes they want to attend. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up. So we do accept 50 girls in the program overall, but each class session will have no more than 15 girls. Gotcha. So the, the groups will still be small, but we'll, our whole group time together will be 50. That's our goal. And I also wanted to mention um, open mic. This is something that we uh, incorporate into the camp as well. We also have um, yoga. The girls will be doing yoga a few days each week. Um, but open mic is something that becomes really, really exciting and powerful, especially, especially that second week. We open it up the first week and we get just a few girls that sign up. But by that second week, we don't have enough time for all the girls that sign up for open mic to do what they what they want to do. Uh, and it's just a really powerful thing to see, just like Malika was saying, how girls will come to this short two week program, super shy and quiet and kind of introverted. But just a few days into the camp, they're up signing up for open mic times. Um, so it's, it's really exciting to see the girls open up and come out of their shells and just um, be more confident about getting up and doing whatever it is that they do in front of their peers. They bring instruments that they play, you know, or poems that they wrote. So this is the way we conclude our sessions. And, and it is, you know, a very uh, a comprehensive day, you know, that as, as Cynthia mentioned, starts off with yoga and fun activities and arts and crafts at the beginning, a morning ritual, a morning exercise before they go off to their classes. And then of course there's lunch in midday and then another class in the afternoon. And we culminate the day with this open mic where they can, you know, shine in, in ways that they haven't been able to, um, you know, express themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very, holistic and healing, healing way for for these young girls to, you know, to also participate in fun activities because expressing yourself and self-expression is is a very important aspect of of getting over, you know, past traumas and, and gaining strength and empowering yourself and gaining leadership skills. And it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. And one of the other things we introduced that's also part of our core curriculum is the power of affirmations. And we bring that into the camp as well, um, where we will actually just have a whole wall of affirmations that the girls will write up there. And of course, the wall starts blank on day one. But by the end of the two weeks, the wall is filled with all kinds of different positive affirmations that the girls have written up there. Um, And you'll, you'll actually see them taking the time to go over and stand at the wall and just read some of the, the affirmations that are written. So it's uh, besides the performing arts piece, it's really uh, an action-packed two weeks of building self-esteem. It's really focused on building self-esteem and self-confidence. And making friends, mm-hmm. you know, and making friends and maybe, you know, making friends with people who you would not have been introduced to or, or have been close to. It's a beautiful thing. 
Mm-hmm. That is beautiful. I love the open mic, the, the kind of the progression of the open mic from, you know, not very many girls to now all the girls because they've developed, they've, they've come into their own in a way and have built up that confidence to be able to come up and speak and share whatever talent or thing that they want to share. I think that that's absolutely beautiful. How long yeah. have you been doing the camp? So we did it many years ago for mm-hmm. two or three years in a row. But once we came off of the PS7 campus, we didn't really have a space that allowed us to do that. So we haven't, it's been years since we've done it. So that's why we're all so excited to be bringing it back because it's one of the things that we really love most about. We love the monthly meetings or the weekly meetings with the girls, but Camp Nia is its own special entity. And it's just, it's something real special about that two week camp. Um, We're all looking forward to being back. Yeah, Yeah, I would love to say, especially too, you know, in today's day and age, uh, with the influence of social media and images and, you know, uh, uh, the, the competition, you know, and the cattiness and the nastiness that can exist out there in the world. It's really a, a, a very, very uh, important priority of ours to make sure that sisters learn to support sisters, you know, We're different. we look different. We have very different personalities. The diversity, you know, of these young girls, oh, we go on and on and on, you know, from girls who are interested in anime to girls who are interested in, you know, physics and and programming and coding. And then we have girls who are dancers and then we have girls who are entrepreneurs and girls who are interested in, you know, doing makeup and, you know, it runs the whole gamut. But, you know, one of the, I think one of the key takeaways is learning to support your sisters, even if they're different than you, you know, to, to look at each other as sisters and realize that it's going to take all of us to, to make this world a better place. So, you know, I, I think it, it is so impacting, lifelong impact uh, for young girls to feel timid in who they are when they come to the program, but realize, oh no, I'm gonna be supported. You know, this is not a place where I'm gonna go and feel like people are snickering at me behind Mm -hmm. my back for being different or for not looking the same or for wearing my hair natural and not have, you know, combating some of the pressures that are, you know, enforced upon, you know, young girls in, in 2022. So we're all about support, making young girls feel good. I love that family. Again, if you have a young lady between the ages of 11 and 14 that may be interested in participating in the program, it's Camp Nia. It's a two-week summer performing arts camp for girls ages 11 to 14. It's happening July 18th through 28th. And the performance happens on July 29th. Is there a registration deadline for the camp? No, it's real. We'll keep it open until we fill up. Okay. So it's really right. the first come first serve. And can I just give a shout out real quick? Absolutely. Uh, one reason that we didn't have the camp for so many years is because of funding. So I do want to say that we were very fortunate and blessed this year to receive a significant amount of funding from the city, from the county, and from several other organizations to be able to um, allow us to bring this camp back because it is a bit pricey to host the camp. Um, so we're really blessed to be able to receive the funding that we have received to be able to afford to be able to offer this to the community. Yes, I am so glad that you said that. Um, 
also big day of giving. I know, I hope you did well during big day of giving and, and was able to help, you know, this be a way too, because I know I gave to sisters of Nia during big day of giving. And I was so happy to do that because again, I just really believe in the program, I'm not trying to toot my own horn at all, but just trying to tell family, the family out there that you, there are ways to support. In fact, what are some other ways that we can support or can we still support financially? Actually, two things that just come to mind. The other thing is, do you have any scholarships for people that may be interested in the camp? I'm glad you brought that up because yes, we do. We do have, we actually set aside 10 scholarships. We still have eight, seven, I think we have seven left. So yes, um, we do have scholarships available for any, any young lady who would like to attend the camp. And yes, we are still accepting donations. People can donate directly through our website. If you just click on the donate button, it'll take you through exactly where you need to go to make your donation. And I want to say that the donations that we receive, they go right back into this program. Everything that we get goes right back into this program. So your donations are greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, And like I said, the donations that we received allowed us to bring this camp back. Donations we received are allowing us to make this Atlanta trip next week with we're taking 15 girls out to Atlanta. So yes, people can still donate. We're def- we take donations all year, all year long. I would just, you know, like to impress that NIA has been a grassroots organization from the get-go. Mm-hmm. We have done this on a volunteer basis for 13 years. And, and that's part of the magic of what we do and how our passion, you know, shows through or not. We haven't been paid, you know, for the majority of, of years that we, you know, were operating off of car washes and candy sales. And, you know, we, we, we've made this program grow um, as a labor of love and spirit. And, and that, that is our foundation, you know, so I just needed to impress upon that, especially, you know, Miss Smith, the hours upon hours of, of unpaid time that over the years that she has dedicated to this program, you know, and I said, I'm particularly pointing to her because on weekends, on, you know, the events, on special events, on fundraising, you know, I mean, it's, a, it's probably an inconceivable number of hours and time that that pours into this program but it is grassroots and it is a labor of love and that's part of the reason why we haven't expanded the way that you know people across the country have asked us for our program you know and asked us to replicate but until we know that the right people are there and are willing to do this you know because it's something that is in their heart and not just something that's a paycheck is really important important. So, you know, I thought that it would be, you know, maybe, maybe important to note that this organization has grown as a volunteer grassroots organization that has just been given by the the love and the time uh, uh, and the dedication of people who believe in what we do. Thank you for saying that. And thank you, Miss Smith, for creating such a program and having a heart for it. Um, It can't be easy. It Mm -hmm. cannot be easy but the impact to young lives that you're making through this program is I'm, I'm sure a great reward, not financially, but a great (laughs) reward in itself. Seeing the alumni come back. And like you said, you know, once you're a a sister of Nia, you're always there. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear when we come back from the break, any success stories or any stories you have about some of your alumni 
We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about some of your other programming when we come back from the break. Family, this is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda. Having a conversation with my guest, Cynthia Smith, Dr. Malika Hollinside, and Miss Denita Johnson, representing the Sisters of Nia Incorporated a rites of passage program for girls in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Right now, we're talking about their summer program, Camp Nia, open to girls ages 11 to 14. It is a two-week summer performing arts camp. They can come out and learn skills of drama, voice, dance, and set design, and so much more. It's such an enriching program. If you or you're someone you know may want to be a part of the program or be interested in attending, then make sure you visit their website at sistersofnia.org. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have more conversation with my guests from Sisters of Nia. This is Full Circle. We'll be right back. Empowerment through conversation, that starts with you. Tell us what topics you want to hear. Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. It's not just talk when you put it into action. Empowering women through conversation with Miss Wanda. Having a wonderful conversation with my guests, Cynthia Smith, Dr. Malika Hollinside, and Miss Denita Johnson, representing the Sisters of Nia, Inc. Jumping back into the Sisters of Nia, we're talking about Camp Nia and just the overall program of Sisters of Nia. We talked about donation opportunities. So if you want to donate to the program at any time, not just for Camp Nia, but at any time of the year, you can visit their website at sistersofnia.org and click on the donate button. But I also wanted to ask, are you accepting volunteers? Yes, we absolutely are accepting volunteers. And on our website, there's a list of different ways that you can volunteer. But uh, if you're interested in volunteering, please reach out. We definitely would love to have volunteers. Okay. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Um, the only stipulation, we do do a background check, especially if you're going to be working with the girls. But that's it. So if you're interested, please reach out. And I'm looking at their website right now. There's everything from facilitator, guest speaker, workshop presenter, photography, publicity and marketing, event planning. You know, again, like Dr. Malika said before the break, this is a grassroots effort. And so I'm sure community participation is more than welcome in this instance to, you know, take some of the load off of the folks that are doing this day in and day out. It's their labor of love. So there are volunteer opportunities. You go to their website, sistersofnia.org. Click on the volunteer tab and you can get more information about how you can volunteer. Before we go into this trip that you're taking next week, do you have any stories about the young ladies that have graduated the program and gone on to do, I'm sure, just amazing things in the world because they have this foundation? There's a lot of great positive success stories. For me, the first one that comes to mind is one of our young ladies who was in our very first group of girls. Well, my daughter too. I'm going to put my daughter out there too. She was also <laughs> in the first group of girls. She's a teacher. She's actually, uh, she has her, she teaches high school. This is her first year. She teaches special ed. Uh, high school in uh, Tampa, and she has her first graduating class of students graduating on Friday evening. So that's exciting for me because she's like, she, she's an apple right off the tree. She's an educator as well, just like her mother. So I'm really proud of her um, for jumping into um, education. But we have several girls in the program or who've graduated the program who have decided to become a teacher. So that's really uh, exciting that they've 
they see the value in education and they want to go on and, and work with youth. But one lady that I was thinking of, um, who <clears throat> was also in our first group of girls, her name is Tyrena. She's phenomenal. She went to UCLA. All our girls are phenomenal, but she has done something really phenomenal. Um, she graduated from UCLA, but while she was at UCLA, she noticed that there were there was challenges for Black girls to get Black hair care products. There were none on campus, and to find a store off campus was a bit of a challenge, especially if you didn't have a car. And so what they started doing was put it, they, they created a chat where they would just say, hey, I'm going to the beauty supply store. Does anybody need anything? And people would chime in. So what she decided to do was to bring Black hair care products to PWIs, predominantly white institutions. She pitched her idea to UCLA. They loved it. She actually um, had a display case built to go inside the UCLA bookstore where she has all kinds of black hair care products from edge control to braiding hair to wigs to um, just all, anything you can think of for black hair that is actually on that campus. And so she makes sure that that case stays stocked. But her ultimate goal is to expand and offer this at, you know, as many PWIs as she can. I thought that was great. The name of her, um, her uh, company is Mara Moja, which she said um, the principles that she learned in Sisters of Nia inspired her to name her company that. And the colors that she has in her program were inspired by Sisters of Nia as well. So that is one of our greatest success stories um, that I, I have to share. So Mara Moja, be on the lookout for Mara Moja coming to a PWI campus near you. Tarina is the bomb. But I have to say, you know, our girls are at Howard University. Our girls are throughout at Clark. Um, I don't know. If, do we have anybody that's filming HBCUs throughout the South? You know, CSUs, UCs all up and down the state. You know, when we first started that first group of girls, we would we would tell ourselves the proof is going to be in the pudding when these young ladies get into college and how successful their lives turn out. What what will their outcomes be? And we have that proof and you can see testimonials on our website. You know, if you want to hear it from the voices of the girls, check it out. It's, it's very moving, but they are entrepreneurs, are scientists, they are STEM professionals. We have our girl uh, Amaya who graduated Sac State and is an engineer engineering, um, you know, medical uh, business administration, international relations. We've had girls who have traveled to Africa, um, you know, a, as a part of, you know, whatever their interest may be as an adult now. And educators, like Miss Miss said, it, it's incredible the diversity of career fields that these girls have gone into and, um, you know, are still just enrolling in colleges and many of them are in college right now. And, and the majority, wouldn't you say, isn't the majority of our girls enter, you know, college right out of high school and, and go on to do really important and great things. And on that note, I want to also add in that we do offer scholarships for girls that, are, so we started offering scholarships back in 2016. We offered two scholarships for $500 each, and we were so excited to be able to do that. This past, um, last year in 2021, we awarded $12,550 in scholarships to 24 different girls. And this year we have well over $50,000 in scholarship money um, to award. So we, that's one of our big things is being able to help support young ladies who are pursuing higher education. So now we're awarding scholarships to girls just starting off their 
college career, girls that are continuing in their college career, and girls that are pursuing a higher uh, degree above a bachelor's, so a master's or a doctorate degree. And we're able to support these young women uh, with some financial scholarships. So that that is really something that really makes us proud. That's awesome that you're able to do that. And to be able to provide, you know, help young ladies go off and continue their education. I am so uh, proud of the young lady that had the creativity and, you know, the innovativeness to say, we need black hair care on campus and not only recognize the need, but did something about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so hearing the story, hearing that story, and I'm sure that all of the young ladies that have gone through the program because of this foundation, and that's why it's critical that sixth, seventh, and eighth grade is so critical, such a critical age to grab these young ladies and start to help them build that self esteem, tap into the creativity of who they really are and who they want to be out in the world, and really help them explore that. What are some of the other things that you offer before we get to the, the, the black college tour? What are some of the other programs? I know you have some programs just for the young ladies, and mm-hmm. then you have other programs like Camp Nia that are open to the community. Can you talk about some of those other programs? Yeah. So one other program that's open to the community, we have an, an annual youth leadership conference, uh, and that's happening in November, November 19th this year. Um, that's open to boys and girls. It's the only other program that we, well, aside from the talent show, hopefully we'll be able to to bring that back um, someday soon as well. But the Youth Leadership Conference is the only other program that's open uh, to boys and girls. They do not have to be associated with Sisters of Nia at all. Same age group, 11 to 14. That's our target age group. Um, That's a really uh, great conference because quite often we have um, our NIA alumni come back and lead the workshops for youth, which is very impactful and powerful because they see adults all day. They hear from adults all day, every day. Um, but to be able to hear from uh, their youth peers who are just a few years older than, than them, it, to me, it goes a little bit further. Um, so one thing that we're really excited about too with that conference is that it's in partnership with the Elk Grove uh, Community Services Parks and Rec District. So they actually give us the the space um, complimentary. And we provide, and when I say we, it's predominantly Dr. Hollandside providing (laughs) cultural um, diversity training to their staff. So in exchange for us getting the the facility at no cost. So I I love that partnership because we are um, educating their staff and then we're we're um, being able to use that facility as well. I mean, open that up. We open we uh, um, have fifty spots for the the youth leadership conference as well. So that's a fun. That's a, a great partnership. And Dr. Hollandside does a, a great job with her um, training, and it's very impactful. And the the staff walk away. Um, I, I would say that they walk away much more educated um, than they were when they first walked in the door. So in addition to that, we also, uh, for the girls in the program, we have an annual retreat. And that's for the seventh and eighth grade girls, the girls that are returning to Sisters of Mia. We do that in the beginning of the year, August or September, before we start our um, uh, meetings for the year. But really the purpose of that is just to reconnect, rebuild our sisterhood. And we always go somewhere. Now in the past, we've done an overnight retreat this last year because of COVID, um, we actually had a retreat, but it was a one day retreat. Um, but we always incorporate something like ropes course or uh, some kind of cooperative learning games, because again, 
the, the focus is always going to be on building self-esteem, self-confidence, and uh, sisterhood. And um, by the end of the ropes course, you know, some of the girls are like, I'm not doing that, you know, when we first get there. Um, but the girls encourage each other um, and support each other um, and, you know, cheer each other on as they're doing these ropes challenges that they really didn't believe that they could do. And, and then they do them and they feel quite accomplished after they finish. Um, I think those are the other, the only other two, because I mentioned the parent um, uh, programs that we have, uh, and then the other uh, mother-daughter, father-daughter programs that we have. So I think that's everything. And can you give us just a little peek into the actual rites of passage ceremony for the oh. eighth grade girls that are that are graduating? Yes. <laughs> so the rites of passage ceremony, the girls um, wear white, white dresses or, some, or white, whatever they feel comfortable in. Um, they have to share about how the program has impacted their life. Um, they have to give appreciations. Um, they share a little bit about their experience at the Atlanta trip. Um, the parents are given about a minute to uh, share whatever they would like to share. It's very emotional. We are always all in tears. Um, the girls are crying. The parents are crying. The facilitators are crying. <laughs> uh, it's it brings closure to the program in a positive, but also in a negative. The girls, they don't, they're, they're not really ready to, to leave. And it's not a goodbye because like I said, we stay in touch with them forever. But quite often they're asking, can we do, or especially the parents, can you guys do a ninth grade sisters in the air? Or can this program go through high school? Um, one year we actually did do a ninth grade and that was the first year of COVID. And it was really because of COVID. Um, but we unfortunately don't have the capacity to carry the program through high school. But um. I want to say this. We have young sister who took mm -hmm. it upon herself to uh, uh, start Queens of Nia, right? Mm -hmm. Because th this has been asked of us, you know, since the beginning, you know, and, and we're always so just torn at the end of, at the rites of passage, because we know we got to send these young ladies off to high school and they won't be meeting with us weekly. And we got to trust that what they've learned and gained from the program is going to hold true for them and, and guide them, protect them throughout high school. But um, one year we had our, our, our little sister who, who um, was able to, uh, uh, um, be as and she's our little radical too i, I don't know if we can <laughs> name her but she, she's our she is our wonderful wonderful little radical who took it upon herself to be very outspoken on her high school campus and organize her own uh carry on of sisters of nia into the high school realm and she called it queens of nia so i i thought that that was very powerful to see how they love nia so bad that even if we can't provide it for them they they created themselves <laughs> they, they did it themselves and that's a testament to the foundation that you've laid for these young ladies you know it's that that thing that I think so many of uh, so many of our young ladies, our girls need is that foundation. They're again, they're at the pivotal pivotal age where, you know, it's really, you know, a lot of times at that sixth, seventh, and eighth grade level, especially sixth and part of seventh, is that they're really trying to find out who they are, like you have in your program, trying just to find out who they are. Look at their, what is their identity? How do they identify themselves? How do they see themselves in the world? And with so much coming at them from every side, right? At school, 
social media, outside of school, home, whatever it is, and how do they navigate that? So that's a testament to the foundation that you've laid, and they don't want to leave. They want to continue on. I bet if they can do a, a, a graduate chapter, <laughs> they'd do that too, right? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, the girls will stay, but they don't all like stay in touch all the time. It's just like grown folks. You kind of drift off and, and do your own thing. But what they've all said is that when they come together, it's like they were never apart. You know, they're still connected. They may not talk on the phone every day or text each other all the time, but there's still there's still a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel honored that they want to stay connected to us. They they come through this program, you know, through middle school, and it's very easy to say, "Oh, that was in middle school." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not still. You know, when I came through middle school, I didn't look back and and want to stay connected to any of my middle school teachers. Mm-hmm. So for them to want to stay connected to the program, want to come back and volunteer, want to come back and help facilitate the the monthly meetings or volunteer at the leadership conferences or just to continue to be a part of the program, really speaks volumes that. Yeah the program has definitely made an impact. And how powerful is it that next week when we go to Atlanta, one of our alumni is going to be guiding us through our tour of Clark Mm -hmm. University. Normally we have to, you know, inquire to the university to set up a tour, a tour guide for our girls. And this year will be the first time that a Nia girl is going to be given the tour because she is a Clark student. So how about that? Talk about a full circle moment, right? Oh, awesome totally full circle moment. So let's, let's dig into that real quick before I let you go. 15 girls going to Atlanta, visiting. That's, I mean, logistically, that's gotta be, <laughs> do you take chaperones with you as well? And okay. Couple, right. couple most of the time. A couple. Yeah. We have a pretty large group going this year because we weren't able to go in 2020 and 2021. So this year we're taking eighth, ninth, and 10th grade girls, which actually by the time we go, the school will be out. So they'll officially be ninth, 10th, and 11th grade girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have several parents who are joining us as chaperones, but this is probably one of the largest groups or the largest groups of girls that we've ever taken. Um, and the guess there's a lot of moving parts, but luckily I won't be driving. We have a bus driver <laughs> that'll be driving us around. <laughs> well, part of the rites of passage is to remove yourself from the surroundings that are comfortable, you know? So we bring girls and never been on a plane before, you know, mm-hmm. never left Sacramento region before, never left mom before, you know, and, and it, It can be a little bit scary and intimidating, but you will not find a a more uh, condensed activity program. The amount of things that we do in four days is (laughs) mind blowing. I mean, from you know, we always call it the Atlanta tour, the Spelman tour, because that's the heart of it is touring Spelman and giving them the opportunity to see the beautiful uh, experience of seeing such intelligent and motivated and educated black women, you know, in a historically black uh, a college setting. And then also Clark as well and, and Morehouse as well. But beyond that, touring uh, Martin Luther King's birth home and his museums and how, how it impacts them to walk through his home, see the room where Martin Luther King was born 
you know, and, and to go to the museums and not only Martin Luther King Museum, but the African History Museum, the Apex Museum, and, and what's the other museum, the, the Center, the Peace mm -hmm. and Center for Civil and Human Rights. Okay, as well. I mean, you know, this had, this was uh, Cynthia's brainchild. In addition to that, visiting the Coca-Cola factory, visiting the aquarium and the zoo, and we take them skating um, at the Cascade, you know, which is a famous, you know, roller skating. We give them some real Atlanta culture, you know. On top of that, um, well, we used to go to Gladys Knight's restaurant. Oh, we're not going there anymore, right? I, I don't know if we've shifted. I think we closed down. We shifted yeah. that as well, right? But, you know, in just in staying at a beautiful hotel where the girls have their own rooms and, you know, uh, um, having the most amazing time uh, away from home, many of them for the first time um, and learning and really feeling the, the, the civil rights movement, you know, and, and, and being a part of history and Atlanta and Auburn, Auburn Street and the history of the glory days uh, of black community in Atlanta and, and be touching that um, is just so, so powerful for our girls. What a wonderful experience and what a wonderful opportunity for uh, girls to have that experience. You know, I was hearing you talk, Dr. Uh, Malika, and you were talking about, you know, some girls hadn't left Sacramento, had never been on a plane. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes our, our vision is only limited to what we can see. Mm -hmm. But when you go out, now you're going, you know, going to Atlanta. Now you can see what's possible, going mm -hmm. to Spelman going mm -hmm. to those things. So not just talking about it, but now actually witnessing it. And mm -hmm. that also expands your vision. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited for your trip and for the young ladies that are going. And I just pray that it's an amazing time for them and life-changing in ways that they never thought of. Yeah. We never gone in summer before. Normally go, we go. Right. In my, dad <laughs> live, my dad live in Atlanta. We go, we're going to be sweating. They're going to feel a whole different side of Atlanta. Oh yes. Humidity <laughs> is real. <laughs> the humidity is real. And let's yes. just hope the heavens contain the water because Lord, if they get to experience some Atlanta thunderstorms, <laughs> that's going to be a whole new, a whole new experience. It's, it's kind of exciting, too, because we will actually be there to, um, on Juneteenth. So we'll um, be celebrating Juneteenth in Atlanta as well. So that, that'll be a, a very different experience uh, for, for all of us. It's interesting. How, how about that? Nice. Thank you so much for joining me this morning and for, you know, discussing the program with the Full Circle family. I wish you nothing but the best in, for the Sisters of Nia organization for your trip next week and for all the things that you're doing to help uplift young ladies here in Sacramento. I really appreciate you being here. Um, again, family, if you are interested in sending your child, if your child's interested in, um, you know, developing their creativity this summer, whether they uh, have a creative inkling or they're not quite sure, they can check out Camp Nia. Again, it is a two-week summer performing arts camp for girls ages 11 to 14. Um, and it's happening July 18th through the 28th, culminating with a performance on July 29th. You can get more information by visiting their website, sistersofnia.org. You'll also... Um, I'll post the, the camp flyer and other information on the full circle page. Make sure you're following the show at full underscore circle, 
975 on Instagram and full circle 97.5 on Facebook. Also, make sure you're following Sisters of Nia online at uh, on Instagram at Sisters of Nia, also on Facebook at Sisters of Nia Inc. online. So thank you so much for being here again, Miss Cynthia, founder and executive director, Dr. Malika Hollinside, creative director, and Miss Danita Johnson, director of family services. Family, again, if you want to support Sisters of Nia financially or be a volunteer, again, visit their website at sistersofnia.org. Thank you so much for being here today. Traveling grace to you for next week. And you have an open door to come back to full circle anytime you need to spread the word about something. Um, I am here and fully support Sisters of Nia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you for you. having us. Yes, thank you so much. All yeah. power to the people. That's how we're doing it, family. Show love to everyone you meet. And I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle. 97.5.